Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashoms in South Africa and by Stuart Weir in the UK. On this week's show, we take a look at the Ivory Coast national team. The Elephants won the Africa Cup of Nations earlier this year, finally fulfilling the potential of their golden generation of players that they've had over the past 10 years. But now it's a new-look squad, so we ask our man in Abidjan what lies ahead for Ivory Coast. For the new squad, the new players, they have motivation. They are excited to play. Now they have to prove that they deserve to replace the former players are retired. As we near the end of 2015, we'll be taking a look at listeners' football highlights of the year. And Solomon tells us about his. For the fifth time, the Nigerian Golden Eagles, as they had known, became only the second side to retain the FIFA on the 17th World Cup. Also, we catch up with how Africans are doing in the English Premier League. And Stuart continues his analysis of a fascinating interview that Ivory Coast and Manchester City star Yaya Toure gave recently. So that's all coming up on the show, and we start with the CAF Confederation Cup, Africa's second-tier club competition, which was won by Etoile du Sahel of Tunisia last weekend. They beat Orlando Pirates of South Africa 1-0 in the second leg to take it 2-1 on aggregate. Um, Worthy winners, Solomon? Definitely, Steve. I look at Orlando Pirates and how much they've uh, really improved and tried to play in the final and they got to the final, beating some great teams like Zamalek Al-Hali. But on the flip side, the new champions, that is Etoile de Sahel, you know, they also did so well through the group phase and, and coming in and winning their first continental trophy since 2008. And they definitely deserve it. At that 24-minute goal for Etoile de Sahel by their captain, Amal Jamal, did the damage for Orlando Paris. Orlando Paris had the first leg in Johannesburg and it was a 1-1 draw. You know, if they had gotten a win, that would really be great for them and they've been pursuing their fresh uh, continental trophy in 14 years they thought this was going to be it but it wasn't to be 14 years ago uh, Orlando Pirates won the 1995 African Cup of Champions Clubs now known as African Champions League and the 1996 uh, Super Cup uh, making their last continental uh, victory so they were not able to get their hands on the 660,000 US dollars check this will go to Atolza the Sahel who would go on and play TP Mazembe in the Super Cup congratulations to awardee winners from Tunisia and also Orlando Pirates for doing well and getting to the final so tough for Orlando Pirates and well done to Etoile du Sahel of Tunisia for taking the CAF Confederation Cup Well, now let's focus on the Ivory Coast national team. The Elephants have had a good year winning the Africa Cup of Nations in February after years and years of falling short. They've had a glittering generation of players, including Didier Drogba, who retired from international football in 2013, also the current captain Yaya Toure and his older brother Kolo, and they've been to the last three World Cups but went out at the group stage each time. The Frenchman Hervé Renard led the Elephants to Africa Cup of Nations glory this year, but he then quit the team and was replaced by another French coach, Michel Dussouillet. The current squad has a new look, with 26-year-old Giovanni Sio among the strikers. He plays for Rennes in France. Also there is 22-year-old Serge Aurier, who plays for Paris Saint-Germain, and shone at the 2014 World Cup. He's now a key member of the team. 
Well, Adrian Barnard spoke to our man Olivier Cuadio in Abidjan, in Ivory Coast, and first asked for his reflections on the year. Yeah, first of all, our the Ivorian were so excited that we won the last African Cup of Nations. Uh, after trying so many years since 1992, and finally we won it. But after uh, the victory at the African Cup of Nations, we hope that the players that played within the competition will stay for a while. But they retired, again, different reasons to retire. Uh, many Ivorians did not really appreciate this decision. About DJ Drogba, Kolotre, and Yaya Toure. So we know that they are good players. They are still playing for the clubs in, in Europe, so they can still play for the for their national team. But why did they retire? We, the people of Africa, did not really uh, like the decision. But we respect that. And uh, for the new for the new the new squad, the new players, I think they are they have motivations. They are excited to play, replacing uh, you know great players, leaders. Now they have to prove that they deserve to replace the former players that are retired. And Serge Aurier made his proof during the the African Cup of Nations. He proved that he's a good player. Giovanni is a new guy and is active and motivated, but we're waiting and see in the future how he's going to perform. What do the fans of football in the Ivory Coast think of the new coach? Is there optimism there that uh, he can take them to success again? Yeah, I would believe so. He formerly trained Guinea, and uh, I think right now he's training uh, the Ivory Coast. We have a good team. Uh, they begin to play together for for a while now. Now the the coach, so we have confidence in him that he has a good team. And then these new guys, these new players want to prove. So it will be easier for him to train that team. We don't know him quite, quite, for quite a long, but we're waiting and see. They played against uh, Liberia a couple of days ago, and we won 3-0. And I think it's a good test for him. Uh, we, we're waiting for more. The great players that you've mentioned, Didier Drogba, Kolo Toure, Yaya Toure, they are all over 30 years of age and uh, Drogba is 38. So perhaps it's not surprising that they have retired and it does open the door, doesn't it, to new younger players coming through. Which young players do you think have really made an impression in recent games and you think perhaps have got a good career ahead of them playing for the Elephants? Uh, well, the yeah, we talked about Serge Aurier a couple of minutes ago. And uh, we have Giovanni, a new guy. We have also Wilfred Cannon and uh, some others that play within the, uh, the former African Cup of Nations. Those young guys, and they, they, can, they can prove. They can prove. We have Mascradell, all those guys. We, we trust them that they can take the team very far. They have a lot to live up to, don't they, in the shadow of their former great players who have represented the Elephants. But what is the optimism levels like among the fans in the country? Do they believe that this new squad can 
not only emulate and be as good as the the teams of the past, but perhaps even go further and reach the further stages of the World Cup. Yes, yes. The problem is the experience that they don't have, you know, long and strong experience as the former players that retired. You know, Dida Drogba has got a good experience called Toure and Nea Toure. They could have stayed and share the experience in a team with a new squad. But they're retired and they're leaving the young players alone. And this is what we really did not appreciate. But we trust that the coach is, you take time to know the team, take time to know the qualities, and we exploit the qualities that these new players have to the maximum. This is, we hope, we hope. When we see them playing, we know that there's motivation, there is a strong will to win, so it is possible. We believe that. That's Olivier Cuadio in Abidjan in Ivory Coast. So, Solomon, what do you think is in store for Ivory Coast? Will they continue to dominate in Africa? Definitely. I feel the Ivory Coast national team will dominate, Steve, for quite a while because they have in them quite young players that are coming through the system uh, with the exit of well-known names like the Torre brothers, Yaya and Kolo, and also Didier Drakpa. Right in the front line, if you look at the Ivory Coast national team, uh, you know there's Giovanni Sion who plays for Rennes in France. He's only 26 years of age. There is Saidu Dombia who is 27 and plays for CSK in Moscow. And also there's the experience as Salomon Kalou. He's just 30, but he's played about 78 times for Ivory Coast and scored 27 goals. And he plays for Hertha Berlin right now in the German Bundesliga. So a lot of experience there. So when you look at such players, and and if you go defensively, if you look at uh, Serge Aurier, he's only 22 years of age. I first noticed him at the World Cup in Brazil. He came through, and uh, this year when Ivory Coast won the Africa Cup of Nations, he played exceptionally well and he's been playing so well for PSG in the French League, doing well in the European Champions League and really competing with some of the best and he's only 22 years of age so there is definitely a, a lot of uh, uh, you know players that are coming through and I think it's really going to work well for Ivory Coast because they are a nation that knows how to uh, really bring in new players develop younger players and, and bring them through like we saw Yaya and, and Kolo Torre earlier on in their career they started playing for Ivory Coast at a very young age so there is that bonus for them they have a new coach in Michel Dussouillet and he took over from the former a French coach who coached them to the Africa Cup Nation final. And before then, it was Lamucci. So just in the space of about a year, they've had three coaches. And still, they're maintaining that momentum of doing well and winning. So I don't see how they would not do that. They have a bunch of players who are really experienced. And also, they have a future. I hope they, they're going to dominate for the next five, six years. And also, a lot of it would really depend on the coach. If the coach would be able to get the right formation, that would be great. But I'm sure Ivorian fans are not just just okay with the one Africa Cup of Nations they won this year, but they want more. Now they've tested victory and they would want more. Well, thanks a lot, Solomon, and we'll see if Ivory Coast will go from strength to strength. Let's go to Facebook and WhatsApp now. As we're reaching the end of the year, we're asking, what's your footballing highlight of 2015? It could be international or local, maybe to do with your national team or your favourite team at home. Well, Adrian gives us this week's comments. Thanks, Steve. And, well, once again, we've had another big response as you've got in touch with us to share your personal highlights from the past year. 
Suleiman Songo from The Gambia has chosen three highlights. Chelsea are my team of the year after seeing them winning the Premier League title, he says. My national team is the Ivory Coast after beating Ghana to win the Cup of Nations final. And my individual award goes to Sadio Mane for scoring the fastest hat-trick in the Premier League. Well, yes, and who can forget that? Three goals for the Senegalese striker in under three minutes as Southampton beat Aston Villa 6-1 back in May. Arsenal fans Ibrima Barrow and Sana Djorne share the same highlight. Really, for me, it was a day Arsenal beat Manchester United by three goals to nil, says Ibrima. And Sana adds, I can't forget that day. And that win back in October was secured with two early goals from Alexis Sanchez and another from the Germany midfielder Mesut Ozil. Now, another team attracting your praise was Barcelona. Efrathar Kamanga in Malawi, Odipo Maurice in Kenya and Robinho So in the Gambia all select the Spanish giants for their recent 4-0 hammering of Real Madrid at the Santiago Bernabeu Stadium. And yes, what a great game that was. Now, in September, Bayern Munich striker Robert Lewandowski scored five goals in an incredible nine minutes after coming on as a substitute against Wolfsburg. And that's the favourite moment of the year for Alan Campbell in Sierra Leone and Ansumana Jan Colley in the Gambia. He was spectacular, says Alan, considering the time he was introduced into the game and that within a short period of time he'd scored five goals. It was superb, and mind you, Wolfsburg are not pushovers. Well, no they're not, and at the time they were second in the league and unbeaten in 14 games. Lewandowski's feat that night earned the Polish international four world records. One for the most goals scored by a substitute in the Bundesliga, another for the fastest Bundesliga hat-trick, and two more records for the fastest four-goal and five-goal strikes in a Bundesliga match. Quite remarkable. Mamadou Bar's favourite moment comes from a local game where he lives in the Gambia. My highlight of the season is a local game between two towns, Sakuta versus Serekunda West. The West coach underrated the Sakuta side, who won the competition final on penalties. And finally, Amalai Oyaki from the United States got in touch. My football highlight of 2015, he says, is when TP Mazembe won the African Champions League. They have won the tournament before and have always been great representatives for Africa. Well, yes, they have. And next week, TP Mazembe will be representing Africa at the 2015 FIFA Club World Cup in Japan, up against the likes of River Plate from Argentina and Barcelona. And we wish them all the very best. Thanks, Adrian, and thanks for all of those comments. It's always great to hear from you. And this week, we're continuing to ask, what's your footballing highlight of 2015? It could be international, could be local, maybe to do with your national team or your favourite club at home. You might even have a funny story about you scoring for your social football team or your school team. Or perhaps it's one player in Europe or at home who's really done well and has impressed you. Tell us what your highlight of the year is. Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Or go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. And as well as that, you're always welcome to comment on any footballing matter that interests you. Well, last week I gave you my highlight. That was Zimbabwe's women qualifying for the 2016 Olympics. Um, What about you, Solomon? 
Well, really, I have two highlights, a small one and a big one. The small one for me was just uh, the opportunity to see Ivory Coast, the elephants of Ivory Coast, get into uh, the final of the Africa Cup of Nations this year and winning it. The last time they had such victory was in 1992 in Senegal. And I thought they had a generation of great players like Yaya Toure, Kolo Toure, uh, Didier Drogba, Serge Ario. They've had... Uh, Czech Teote, they've had uh, Solomon Kalu, but they've not really been able to get their hands on any trophy, but they finally uh, did that this year, so it was a great highlight. But the biggest highlight for me was the Nigerians uh, on the 17 team. For the fifth time, the Nigerian Golden Eagles, as they are known, became only the second side to retain the FIFA on the 17 World Cup after that 2-0 victory against Mali in Chile. Nigeria had won in 1985, 1993, uh, 2007, 2013 in the UAE, and now in 2015 in Chile. Nigeria, you know, has really created a record. There, no under-17 team has, you know, achieved this kind of success. And I feel this success is not just for Nigerian football, but this success is for African football. It just shows that we're really breeding new players, younger players, and great players that are coming through the system, and hopefully in the next five, seven years, they're going to take over from the older players. So definitely my highlight is the Nigerian under-17 team out in Chile and winning the under-17 FIFA World Cup. Well, thanks a lot, Solomon. And do let us know your footballing highlight of the year. Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. Do take a look at our website. It's planetsportfootballafrica.com. It's designed specifically for smartphones, and you can listen to each week's current show there. Also, you can follow us on Twitter. The address is at PlanetSportFA. Right, let's now catch up with our European football expert, Stuart Weir, in the UK. Uh, Stuart, last weekend, another entertaining and eventful one in the English Premier League. Well, Manchester City back on top is the the main story, with Manchester City having a fairly comfortable 3-1 win over Southampton. And just looking out for the African angles there, Sadio Mane and Victor Wanyama are playing for Southampton. Yaya Torre played the whole game. And great news for Wilfred Bonney back from injury uh, and came on as a substitute. So that took them to the top of the league because Leicester and Manchester United played out a one-all draw. And yes, Jamie Vardy scored for the 11th successive game. Amazing achievement, particularly as four years ago, he was playing non-league semi-professional football. A bit of a cheeky character. He wore golden boots in anticipation. And uh, Ruud van Nistelrooy was the previous record holder who did it in 2003. And apparently he sent a Twitter message congratulating Jimmy Vardy on his amazing achievement. Probably the match of the day was Bournemouth against Everton, where Bournemouth were 2-0 down, got back to 2-all, went 3-2 behind, and then equalised in the 97th minute, the seventh minute of stoppage time. Uh, The only African involvement there was that Arona Kone, the Ivorian, did set up one of the Everton goals. Now, Crystal Palace 
beaten Newcastle 5-1. And Yannick Bolassi from the DRC managed to get two of the goals. They also had Papa Soare playing. And Newcastle, dreadful result for them, despite the presence of Papis Cisse and Chancel member. Incidentally, when Palace got their fifth goal, the uh, stadium music was glad all over from the Dave Clark Five. I bet he's been keeping that one for a long time, waiting to see if Palace would ever get five goals in a match and give him a chance to use it. Chelsea got a draw at Tottenham, and it was a fairly dull game. For my sins, I sat in front of the television watching that one. And I suppose you could say that Chelsea should be satisfied, given how badly they've started this year, but there wasn't a lot of confidence and creativity in the team. Interestingly, Diego Costa made more headlines than most of the players on the pitch. Costa was on the bench and he wasn't brought on at all during the game. And he celebrated this by apparently, now there are different views of to what happened in the incident, but allegedly he took his training bib off and threw it at Jose Mourinho. Well, well, whatever next. Just the good news from the African perspective was to see that Clinton and Jay of Cameroon, who came from Lyon in the summer, made his seventh sub-appearance for Tottenham. Great to see another young African getting his chance in the Premier League. West Ham and West Brom drew one all. We had Coyote playing for West Ham along with Victor Moses. Diafra Sacco went off injured and let's hope that's not a serious injury for him. And on the West Brom side, Stefan Sessignon played for half the game. Liverpool, beating Swansea 1-0, got their first home league win under Jurgen Klopp. It was a penalty by James Milner, but apparently Jurgen Klopp was so nervous he didn't even dare watch it, turning to face the crowd, hoping to hear the cheer to tell him it was okay to look. Colo Torre uh, came on as a late substitute for Liverpool while Andre Ayew played the whole game for Swansea without managing to score. Now, one of our favourite players on this programme is Odian Igalo. Last year he scored 20 in the Championship and being a bit cynical we all wondered what he could do in the Premiership. Well, he's only just scored eight goals in 14 games. Amazing start for him. And he, uh, he did it again, helping Watford to beat Aston Villa 3-2. Jordan Ayew got his third of the season for Villa. And Villa had two other Africans involved, Idrissa Gué from Tunisia and Rudy Gestetny, another Benin player. You know, it's very early in the season. We're not yet at Christmas. But Aston Villa are five points adrift and things really don't look good for them. I think the word relegation can be whispered about them. On Saturday, Everton and Aston Villa both did something fairly unusual in that they scored against two goalkeepers. When the Watford goalkeeper Gomez was taken off injured... Having already conceded a goal, he was replaced by Arkluskis, who also conceded. And similarly at Bournemouth, where both Frederiki, the starting goalkeeper, and Alsop, the substitute, conceded goals. Apparently, it's the first time that two goalkeepers have conceded a goal in a game in two particular matches on the same day. How about that? And finally, let's congratulate Mark Hughes, who became only the sixth manager 
to have played 360 games in the Premier League and to have managed 360 games in the Premier League. Among the others who've done it are Steve Bruce and Sir Bobby Robson. I bet you didn't know that, Steve. No, I didn't, so well done to Mark Hughes. Now, Manchester City and Ivory Coast great Yaya Toure gave a very interesting newspaper interview recently. Last week you told us how he spoke of his childhood when he was gripped by passion for football. Uh, Also there in that interview, he dealt with speculation about his commitment to Manchester City. In the interview with the London Sunday Times, Yaya Toure seemed to commit himself and his future to Manchester City. Now, remember, last year there was that incident about him saying he was disrespected and people didn't congratulate him on his birthday, shake his hand and so on. And again, in the close season, there was speculation that he was going to leave, partly fuelled, I think, by his agent. Well, he now says, I am really grateful to Manchester City because of what they've given me. I look at Manchester City a bit like a man and his wife. We have fights and arguments but the love is always there. And the reason you fight is because it means something to you. People also think perhaps I'm there for the money, but I want to succeed, he told the Sunday Times. I want to show Manchester United that we are as big as they are, and to do that, we've got to win the league several times, and we've got to win the Champions League as well. I want to make Manchester City the greatest club in the world, he said. So there's a challenge. And he does stress that why he's well paid, it's not about money, it's not about cars, it's not about my ego, it's about wanting to win. And as an example of that, he said that last year when he went off to play in the Africa Nations Cup, City were top of the league. But when he came back a month later, they were seven points adrift. And he said... I sat down with the players in the dressing room and said, we can't do that. I'm fighting with my teammates to make things right because I want to succeed. So, if the newspaper interview is to be believed, it looks as if Yaya Torre is keen to see out his career with Manchester City and turn them into an even more successful club. Oh, so it's not about the money, says Yaya Toure. And you're taking us through the African players who've been involved in this season's UEFA Champions League. That's those with clubs who went out in the early rounds and those who are still playing in the group stage. Uh, Last week, it was the Algerian players. Uh, This week, Stuart, you spotted a few players from Cameroon. When one thinks of Cameroon and the Champions League, the name of Samuel Eto'o instantly comes to mind. Samuel Eto'o, who has played in Champions League finals, scored for Barcelona, played for Inter Milan. So he's got a great pedigree in the Champions League. And there are currently three Cameroon players in the Champions League this year. Vincent Abukar is 23 and he's in his second season with Porto in Portugal, having previously played for Valenciennes and Lorient in France. And Porto are currently top of their group and with one game to go, a victory or possibly a draw will see them through to the knockout stages. And they've done pretty well so far, having beaten Chelsea. Great irony there, Jose Mourinho, the Chelsea manager, used to be manager of Porto. Then we have Abubakar Omaru playing for Partizan Serbia. He's 28 and started his 
pro-career in China of all places, and Partizan is his fourth Serbian club. And as well as that, he had two seasons in Belgium. Now, Partizan won through qualifying rounds two and three, beating Stoya at Bucharest, but then in the final qualifying round, they went out on away goals to bait of Belarus. So how close can you get to making the big money last 32 of the Champions League, but they didn't quite make it? The final Cameroon player involved this year is Alphonse Sopo, who plays at Rudar in Montenegro, another country in Eastern Europe. He's an interesting Cameroon player because he was actually born in Moldova, a neighbouring country in, in Eastern Europe. He's now 30 and he played in Moldova for seven years before joining Rudar this year. Rudar, in fact, only got one game in the Champions League uh, this year, losing their first round to Quarabag of Azerbaijan. Wow, so a couple of Cameroonian players in remote parts of Europe. Well, thanks a lot, Stuart. That's it for the show for this week. TP Mazembe begin their campaign at the FIFA Club World Cup next week. We'll be talking about their chances on next week's show. You can follow us on Twitter at PlanetSportFA, our website, PlanetSportFootballAfrica.com. And from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashams in South Africa, and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.